sense. It's just some people that have a problem with it, they have a problem with their damn selves. Yes. They have a problem with their damn (laughs) self. And that's something that you have to learn. I didn't learn that until my damn 30s. I was like, oh, you don't like me because you don't like you. Bing, 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 bing. Oh, and I can't do anything about that. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Irvin. And our guest today is the incredible, the gorgeous Jackie Johnson. Super excited to talk to Jackie. But before that, Nikki, I'm really excited to talk to you. I haven't seen you in a week. How are you? I am. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I've been, you know, in this acting class, as we talked about last week. And that's been like... Oh, these like, you know, opening up these neural pathways of, uh, of, and it's really like affecting all these different areas of my life. Cause it is like, it is a lot of like mindfulness and thinking like, you know, like, Oh, really like breaking down what our thoughts are and things like that. And like what the thoughts of like our characters are and just like great advice on like, like learning lots of things on how to, um, I guess level up in a way. Um, And it's really interesting that we have Jackie on because she's such a great physical comedian and how she's, um, how great she is. And I relate to that a lot and how I'm learning in this class of like how to, how to kind of tone that down a little bit on myself. Um, And uh, so, yeah, so it's been, it's been kind of a struggle. Like uh, they say uh, it's this Leslie Kahn, that's the acting class. Um, It's all about enjoying the field of suckage and yeah so like you're gonna suck it's gonna be shitty you're gonna feel like shit but like you have to be uncomfortable in order to create those new neural pathways and one of the things that I'm learning and working on that has been really stressful is stillness um and learning how to be more aware of what my face is doing while I'm on camera and um something was she was like I can tell you really love acting but you're like pushing it it's like yeah you're right because I come from a theater background so shifting into like being on camera has Mm -hmm. been very like ah this is this is a struggle for me because I'm so used to like really showing and like you don't do that when you're watching tv when you're watching like like Kristen Bell on tv She's not like her eyebrows aren't moving. You know, she's not showing. She's thinking the thought and then like saying whatever the line is like. And now I I've been in that mode and I can't watch anything without watching the performances and watching like, oh, what that subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like it's it's because they're trying like acting is acting on camera is like the opposite of. Uh, opposite of acting like you're trying not to act you're trying not to show what your thoughts are like right, yeah yeah uh, but because it, it's going to come out once you're once when you think those thoughts it's going to come out whether you want it to or not you totally, know yeah so yeah so that's it's it's been really hard um but also like in a good way like yeah deaf yeah. I can relate so hard to that when I did uh theater a little bit in college we like 
you know, you watch back the play, like after you get a recording of it and no joke, like people in the room just spent time being like, what is Katie's face going to do in this scene? Like, <laughs> you know, just like, like as a background actor, like what faces is she going to make in reaction to this scene? She's yeah. barely in. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm a ham. I'm a ham. <laughs> Just great on stage. Yes, yeah. yeah. But it does not translate for camera. No, it does not. Yeah. yeah. So learning how to do that. How the fuck are you? I'm good. I'm also really good. Uh, as you know, I went wedding dress shopping yesterday. Oh, yeah. Which is very exciting. I will say I was really nervous about it because I hate trying on clothes. Like, because like a lot of women, I just like, don't love the way I look in everything I put on. And I was like terrified that I was going to hate the way I looked in all of these dresses. I was like, Oh, I just, I, what if, what if I hate the way everything looks on me and then I'm going to get depressed about my wedding. And I was kind of yeah. like building it up in my head. And then I went and y'all wedding dresses are gorgeous. They are absolutely beautiful. Oh they gosh, are designed yes. to be so, you know what I mean? <laughs> like they consider all of this stuff when they design these dresses, unlike regular clothes, like low waisted jeans that they didn't design oh. for anyone. Wedding oh. dresses are truly designed for everyone in a way. And I feel like I just had, I was so pleasantly surprised by the experience. I was like, this is easy. I could pick any one of these dresses and be fucking happy. Oh, but you did. I you, picked a dress. You picked a dress. Yeah, you I said I yes. A dress. Yeah, yes. I said yes to the dress. It was weird because like it was like one of the first dresses I tried on. So I like tried to temper my excitement about it mm -hmm. until I like went to every other place. And then at the end of the day was like decompressing with like one of my best friends from college. And he and I were just like sitting in his apartment going through the photos. And he saw that dress and he was like, bitch, like, what are you talking about, though? <laughs> like, that's the dress. And I was like, OK, thank you. I love it. Uh, listen. Listeners, just want to let you know, I did see a picture of her in this dress, and it is fucking gorgeous. It's you are beautiful dress. in it. Yeah. Like I started getting misty-eyed, and I think everybody will, because it's just like, oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you so much. I can't wait. <laughs> you know what else I can't wait for? Uh, I'm going to say to interview Jackie. Uh, yeah. You know her from her amazing podcast, Natch Butte, uh, as well as comedy shows uh, that you could have seen on television, like Drunk History, Comedy Bang Bang, You're the Worst. Yeah, da, 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 da. Jackie, thank you for coming and joining us today. I'm so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. And the, the origin story of me being here is very silly. I don't know if you want to tell everybody that you emailed me months ago. I did not respond. I randomly found it searching my emails for a rug receipt. And I was like, I love Nikki Urban. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I didn't email her back. And then I was like, I'm so sorry. And you're like, I don't even remember setting this. Do you want to come on my podcast? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Very silly. Um, I got to say, I think that was amazing that you, instead of you just like, Oh, whoops, I never responded. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm just going to pretend like this never happened. You were like, hi, I'm taking ownership that I didn't do this. And I, I, mean, I should have. I was so disappointed in myself. Sometimes I just get so frustrated with my email that I just kind of close my eyes and hit read all, you know, and, yeah. and that's not professional. But you know what, everybody? It's hard out there for a woman running her own damn company. OK, I get a lot yes. of emails. And but it's because I love you and I'm such an admirer of you. And so I was oh like, my oh, gosh. my God, I can't believe I blew up Nikki on accident. Like I felt like such an asshole. So I'm glad this worked out. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I'm such a big fan of you. Uh, I think you're so funny and you're so kind and just like a, like a lovely person and so funny and your like physical comedy is so like, so great. And yeah, yeah. You inspire the shit out of me. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy that we could all come together. I'm so glad you found that email. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, same. And I'll be honest, there are emails I do not respond to on purpose. And I'll just, I'll, I'll spill the tea. I'll be a shady. Don't ask me for skincare recommendations, everybody. If you barely know me, don't email me and go, hey, can you redo my whole makeup kit for me? I'm sorry, (laughs) I can't. Oh, I'm going to cross that off my list of things to ask today. (laughs) Go ahead and delete delete that draft, please. Um, I'm sure we will talk about some beauty things because that's natural. Um, But we're actually here to talk about your comedy and how funny you are and how you... um, how you use your comedy now in your podcast and just like your general life. Like you're just a very funny person naturally. Um, and were you, were you always, were you as a, as a kid, a funny person? I would like to think I was, but I cringe sometimes looking back on old tapes and things where I literally thought I was so funny. (laughs) So I'm funnier today than I've ever been. And every year I get funnier But I do believe I started out just a natural humorist, a natural observationalist, always seeing the humor in things. And I also think that's resilience, honey. I think my resilience is my comedy Mm. because you got to laugh through shit or you aren't going to get through it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you have stuff happen like kind of earlier in your childhood that you like had to like, you know, just be funny through or did that kind of happen a little later for you? Well, so... Ooh, here we go. <laughs> so I was. <laughs> it's the typical '90s latchkey kid story. Um, My parents got divorced when I was seven, and truly, it's like they read "How to Have the Worst Divorce Possible" <laughs> book. Like it was. Looking back, especially now, all the work I've done, all the sociology classes I took in college, I'm just like, oh wow, they really did a bad <laughs> job. So it was bad, and and you know. My sister and I, we looked to comedy. I watched Jim Carrey movies. I watched In Living Color. I watched The Simpsons. I watched Nickelodeon, all of the SNCC shows. All that was like early sketch comedy. Like those shows helped us get through crazy, you know, tumultuous parents and things going on. And it took me out. And so then I found myself doing the same thing. Like, I'm going to cheer my sister up. I'm going to cheer my mom up. I'm going to cheer up everybody. In school, getting made fun of. What do you do? You deflect. I remember I fell. Oh, my God. I've been really goofy and long, as Nikki said, physical comedy. Like, my limbs are extremely long. I'm 5'10", and proportions are a little (laughs) off. I fell one time in sixth grade in front of everybody. I, I tripped on the projector cord. Do they even use those projectors anymore? They were so ancient. They were so, they were of, they were of like ancient prehistoric times. The kids listening were like, what the fuck is a projector? I, they're these insane old things. They project. Anyway, I tripped on the cord and I fell on my fucking face. I ate shit and I stood up and I go, hey. And everybody died laughing, you know? 
And I was just like, I'm going to make the joke before anybody else makes the joke. And I learned that as an instinct early on. Just like, if you can make everybody laugh, they won't laugh at you. And that's how I got through middle school. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we all got through all that shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are you talking about, like, the overhead projector or, like, the projectors? Oh, overhead projectors. So weird. I don't think they use those anymore. No, why would they? They use computers now like normal people. I mean, they made no sense. Those old dirty slides they put up on the top with like old nasty marker. So it sounds like you were kind of class clown. Definitely class clown. And that never stopped. I won like high school superlative senior year. I won the wittiest senior. I've always been... But I would say I'm the I'm a least disruptive class clown. I wasn't as class clowny as like a white guy would be, yeah. you know, like they're encouraged to be like that. I was always a rule follower. Mm-hmm. So I never went too far with it. I'm not like a Sasha Baron Cohen where I push to uncomfortableness. Right. Yeah. There's a line to my class clownery yeah. for sure. I feel like that's part of being a woman, right? Is like you just like learn yes. to rein it in at some point. Whereas men are like, I don't have to. I can do whatever I want. All those statistics on little girls raising their hands and how often they're called on versus guys. And listen, <laughs> it starts early. It starts uh, early. I was just talking about this to somebody where um, like I- I've done a lot of like sketch groups where uh, I've done a lot where it's like all women and then you know I'm the only woman and then there's like the ones where it's the co-eds and I have like the ones where it's all women are always my favorite for several several reasons one we're just by nature like more polite if somebody starts talking at the same mm-hmm. time as somebody else you both stop and you go oh I'm sorry no you go first you go first and then you'd like you both get to have the idea out without it being like stressful and feeling like oh wow how rude um and then like right uh just in general I feel like women aren't gonna generally in my experience say something or give a suggestion unless they know it's good yeah (laughs) Yeah. like I feel like it's like with like male groups it's all like I have to say something I've got to get my like get an idea out even if it's not good and I fucking hate it but then they also think it's good I remember Eliza Eliza Skinner who I'm sure we all stand yes we I did a workshop with her she did a free workshop for for anybody in the kind of comedy world, women that wanted to learn how to write Twitter jokes. And she said in one of her writer rooms, I've never forgotten this. And this was probably like eight years ago. She said a guy would raise his hand and go, I have a really funny pitch. And then he would give his pitch. He would always preface it with funny or Uh, good. Yes. Even if it wasn't. And I'm like, the mediocre white man confidence strikes again. Whereas women a lot like be like, oh, okay, take this for what it's worth. This is just my idea. Yes, we apologize. Yes. Before we even say it, we're like, no, this is just an idea. Like, do not, do not use it. I'm a piece of shit, but but I have an idea. Uh, I love that. And then say like something funny and you're like, oh my God, that was brilliant. Thank you for that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm telling you, we all should take a page from that mediocre white man's book because ever since she told me that, I'm like, that's such a good idea planting that seed. Oh, see, I don't know. When when (laughs) that happens, like when I hear that and then it's not funny, I'm just like, you fucking wasted my time. (laughs) Like, what a waste. I would rather us all be more like women and be like, Hey, right. this might be dumb, but if it's okay. Right. Uh, and then it's like, yeah. hey, thanks. That wasn't dumb. 
like I don't know. I like being polite. Let's split yes. the difference. Let's split the difference. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You just, for do you start off everything with here's one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a thought, and I have a valid yes. thought because everyone at this table is welcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um. So you grew up in Dallas, Texas, right? Yes. Okay. So was it like big city proper or suburbs? I grew up in Garland, Texas, which oh. is a east suburb of Dallas. It is the tenth largest city in Texas, so it's still very large, but it's not metropolitan. It's a small town but with a lot of people. We had nothing to do. There was nothing to see. I would go through the Wendy's drive-thru and order food and drive away. Like, we thought we were so hard. Like, we had, there was nothing to do. I would steal Christmas decorations out of yards. I would steal clothes from Claire, you know, from the mall. Like, I went through all those phases, but no, there wasn't a lot really going on. It's so funny you say that. When I was in high school, we stole a baby Jesus out of the nativity scene yeah. from the Denny's yeah. that in our hometown. And then, like, years later, my friend sent me a Wikipedia article about specifically that thing, people stealing baby Jesuses <gasps> from nativity yeah. scenes, because apparently it happens so much. Yeah. Oh, man. There's a whole I mean, Wikipedia article I mean, stealing the it. Messiah? That's exciting. <laughs> That's, that's a thrill. Yeah. A rush. <laughs> uh, so when did you figure out that you wanted to, because you're also an actor and a singer, like a, a just a performer in general. When did you figure out that you wanted to go and do comedy or, or like, what was that? What was that yeah. path to getting to this point? Well, it's such a scary thing to admit when you live in the middle of America, you don't have any uncles or cousins who work in comedy or in LA or I literally knew a, not a soul here. And I really wanted to be on Saturday Night Live as many of us did. Mm -hmm. And I really truly thought I had a five year plan. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get into USC. I'm going to immediately drop out as soon as I get to LA. It's just my excuse to go. <laughs> and then I'm going to join the Groundlings. And then I'm going to be like Will Ferrell. And then I'm going to be on SNL by the time I'm 25. Like literally, that was... So that all didn't really work out. I didn't get into USC, which actually ended up being fine because can you imagine those bills? I would still be paying oh that shit God, off. Dude, you know? That school is yes. not cheap. Yes, <laughs> it is a great school, though. But I went to University of Texas, which was a state school. And I moved out here at 21 years old as soon as I could. And I started interning at a production company on the Universal lot, and I really loved the development process. Mm -hmm. And I was working with these VPs of production, and, and I worked for Mark Platt, who he produced Wicked and movies and television. So it's all stuff, and he's such a mentor and a really wonderful man. And everyone that worked for him really loved and respected him. And I just was like, I see myself doing development. I could totally do this. And the woman who worked there, the VP, her name is Nicole Brown. She's this amazing woman. And I was always cutting up, you know, like I'd be in the room taking notes and cutting up, everybody laughing at me and stuff. And she kind of pulled me aside one day and she goes, hey, I can tell that you want to perform. Do you want to perform? And I was like, I hate being a cliche, but yes, <laughs> you know, like, yes, I have small town, big town dreams. And she goes, Here's what you need to do. You need to go take classes at Upright Citizens Brigade. You know, she's like, you could always come back to this career, but you're young. You need to try it now while you're unencumbered. And, you know, and so I did. I listened to what she said and uh, I did it. So I really had to admit that this is something I wanted to do. And as we all know, 
you have to really be comfortable with the fact that you don't know where your next meal's coming from. You're going to have to yeah. bust your ass. You're going to have to walk dogs, wait tables, fold t-shirts, get spit on, chewed out, dragged around. Like it's going to be fucking hard. But I said, what's the what I did for love? I was like, <laughs> I want to do it, you know? And so if it wasn't for her, I don't know if I would have really truly admitted to myself that I wanted to do it. And I don't think I would have actually even tried. Wow. Have you spoken to her since then? Yes, we're Facebook friends. And every once in a while, she will throw me a job. Nice. <laughs> yes. Cool. I've done some VO. I did VO for Harold and Kumar, uh, which she produced. Like Every once in a while, she'll be like, hey, I got a weird gig for you. And I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> But I haven't explicitly said to her, you're the reason I've been unemployed for 15 years. I actually have not told her that. But but I do really appreciate it. And the fact that she saw in me the spark uh, really did mean a lot to me. And I always will treasure that whole experience because I learned more in that three months of interning than I did in three years of film school in Texas. Wow. For sure. When you say film school, so you went you went to film school. Like, did you learn all the th- all the technical positions and stuff like that, or was it more like sort the, of? It, the so creative? I went to yeah, I went to University of Texas at Austin, but I was in the film department, the film school. I learned editing, I learned sound, I learned lights, I learned intro to film, I learned film history, I learned screenwriting, and you eventually get an expertise and follow it. Mm. And I did more of the creative stuff I did like my favorite class was called African-American pop culture just really you know I went to a very liberal school so it's just all about the arts and culture and entertainment and the effect it has on society and things like that I loved editing I got in one of my only A's in film school was in editing and I almost considered an editing career which honestly we need more female editors so if, if you have a if you have um, an acumen for editing, honey. I, I I really tell everybody out there, edit. Why not? Great union, great work. Mm-hmm. And now I edit every day of my life because I edit my own <laughs> podcast. So it paid off and I really enjoy it. But I think that was the longest answer I could have given you. Oh, no, it I'm... was more of a general studies. I never got a, I, I never got a, a honed in on a super expertise. I also left a year early to come to LA. So, but oh. I did graduate. Don't okay. get it twisted. My dad yeah. made me finish. <laughs> <laughs> so you did it in three years? You graduated in three? I actually graduated in five. I, uh, oh. Yeah. I, I, so I moved to California. There's a program called University of Texas, Los Angeles. It's essentially a study abroad, but you're in L.A. Oh. And they have an entire film department out here. I did classes out here. And then I graduated in absentia by doing online classes proctored by a dean of another college out here. It was a whole thing. But it, it, I basically finished online. I love that Texas is like, uh, study abroad in California. Yes, it's it basically is. basically a different country. It pretty much <laughs> is, yeah. And, and, and we're close. Like, other countries are just as close as California and Texas are. So we might as well be another country at this point. I know, right? Yeah, when you look at how large the U.S. is, you're like, it's weird that this is all one place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so your time at UCB, it sounds like you learned a lot. You got to experience a lot, make those connections, right? I don't know. I don't know. That's yes. not really a question. That's more me <laughs> making a statement yes. with a question mark at the end. <laughs> I will always be grateful to UCB for helping me hone my voice 
and for introducing me to the people who became my closest, dearest friends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we all have a little bittersweet taste sometimes with some of the things that have happened there and that we've all been through there. Yeah. So I haven't performed. I mean, none of us have performed there in a long time, but I haven't performed there in a while. Uh, but I did the whole program. I was on a mod team for several years, and then I was on the Quick and Funny musical team there. Mm-hmm. Truly where I feel I did my best work and my most personal work and met, you know, Catherine Burns, who's my best friend, who has has two Emmys now. Yeah, and yeah. y'all need to talk to her because, I mean, this isn't, this is my podcast. It's my episode, but it's truly <laughs> remarkable. That's what I love is that you find your people yeah, in yeah. those classes. You, you find, you hear the jokes they make and you go, your brain thinks like my brain. We should collaborate. And you become writing partners or you write a show together or later on they become super successful and then they hire you or vice versa. That's what I love about the camaraderie within the comedy community and wherever you came up. It's so cool. I remember I was doing background work on Playing House, you know, which was like Lennon Parham and Jessica yeah. St. Clair's show. And they are boss ass bitches. They are comedy queens. And they hired Ian and Walsh and like the I'm like, it's so cool that y'all are hiring the daddies of UCB now. Because y'all are the babies. And like it's like it's like your dad coming to see you. It just like it was powerful. And that's the whole cyclical system of the comedy community. Just everyone hires each other and you respect each other. And that has been such a beautiful thing that I will never be able to thank UCB enough for for sure yeah from comedy how did you like decide you wanted to do podcasting what was that transition for you so I'm sure y'all can relate to this so this was 2016 I finally got on snapchat and of course I didn't know how to work it they make it very hard for anyone over 30 to figure out and I I started doing these rants And it was fun because I'm like, it goes away after a day. So you can really be candid and wacky and it doesn't really matter. So I was about to get married at the time and I was shooting these videos of me literally losing it about whatever. Like the florist, for some reason, decided to put orange in my flowers. Bitch, did you see orange on the document? I did not say I wanted orange. They were very silly, but people started watching them. It was so wacky. And I'm like, oh, my God, people are watching that. And then I started getting texts from people being like, you have to do something with this. Like, this is so good. And and I was like, what should I do? And several people said, you need to do a podcast. And I said, which is the funniest shit ever. And y'all, this is what y'all are going to laugh at. I go, well, everybody has a podcast. Why would I start a podcast? And this was in 2016, which is insane now because as we all know, the podcast boom has hit. Yeah. But even in 2016, I thought everyone has a podcast and nobody's going to listen if I start one. That was my mentality. And that's really a scary hump to get over. I think a lot of us are like, well, I don't want to write a one woman show. Nobody's going to come. I don't want to do stand up. Nobody's going to laugh. This is a thing you have to push yourself out there and and really reprogram your brain. So I said, okay, fine, I'll start a podcast. And I wanted it to be niche. I was so sick of the, we're so funny. Let's just turn on the mic and laugh. <laughs> yeah. uh, we could we could do what we could no, have no research, no questions written. We'll just fly by the seat of our pants because we're that funny. And obviously I'm doing an impression of a man, if in case you can tell. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I made a list of all the other things I'm interested in. And I realized you might know this, but I 
have always kind of been a beauty influencer in the comedy world. Now, I had the first oh, yeah. gel manicure at UCB. I'm just putting that on record. <laughs> it is fact. I had the first gel manicure. It was 2008? I came back from Dallas and I had gel nails and I was showing everybody the gel nails. I was like, honey, this is the new shit from Japan. It just hit. Everybody's like, wow. I've always been, I did pageants as a child. You know, mm-hmm. I've had this like beauty acumen forever. And I was like, you know what? One thing that all women want to take care of their skin, all women want to take care of themselves, but it's so difficult to know where to start, to know what products to buy. What is even in my dirty ass purse? Like these are things we need to talk about. So I was like, I'm going to do a comedy beauty show. And at the time, no one had that. It was no, no one had done yeah. it yet. There were a couple beauty podcasts, but they were all very straight and editorial. And these women were like mm. New York journalists, and they would yeah. interview like the founder of L'Oreal. And I'm like, I'm going to interview Nicole Byer and ask her like what lip gloss she uses. Like, this is the <laughs> things I was thinking. And so I started Nash Butte, and it's been my career for the past four years. It's fucking awesome too. Also, thank you because I feel like you. Uh, I feel like. Something you did like at UCB and like, I mean, it, it sort of like sp- spreads out in, in the comedy world is you, uh, you allowed uh, women to be pretty and to be like to, yeah, to like let their beauty shine uh, in addition to being funny. Because before that you weren't, I very clearly remember you weren't allowed to be like funny and pretty at the same time you were like encouraged like oh you gotta like you know dress down like you can't be distracting at all and you allowed it and I (laughs) I remember like when UCB Sunset opened uh this standing in this like conversation where like a, a bunch of dudes were talking where they were like looking around and being like what the fuck happened? Why are there so many women here who look like models? And they were like so intimidated. And I was like, they were like, what the fuck? And I was like, fuck yes. Like, this is how it should be. There should be like a wide variety of people. Like you're allowed to be pretty and be funny. Yeah. And honestly, all women are hot. Yes. And yes. Oh my gosh. And all women are hot and all women deserve to know that. And Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. is a thing. A lot of women don't like to talk about it, but it is a thing. And I won't name names, but I was in a UCB class with a woman teacher. And this was a woman teacher who had trained under Amy Poehler. Mm -hmm. And she said that she was told, you need to wear jeans, a button up, hair back, no makeup when Mm -hmm. you do improv. Yes. And that's how we were all taught. And I understand why you want to be a utility player. I totally understand that. But then I look at Natasha Leggero. I look at, mm-hmm. there's other stand-ups that you see that are like glamorous. And I'm like, no, you can do your own thing. So rules are, fuck the rules. Do what you want that makes you unique and makes what you're doing shine, your branding. And I just have always been like, women need to be empowered by whatever decision they make. If they're empowered with no makeup and a ponytail, do you, honey? Or if you're empowered wearing a mink stole and a damn red lip, do that. Like, everyone's different and we're all hot. So we can be hot however we want to be hot. Yeah, I think, like, growing up, I definitely, like, had this sense that if I was going to be, like, a serious person, I wanted to be taken seriously as, like, a Mm -hmm. smart person. Like, I had to downplay other aspects Mm -hmm. of my womanhood. And I think that, like, it had lasting impacts. And it's something that I felt like every time I tried to break out of that, like, I went through this phase in middle school where I, like, dressed like Carrie Bradshaw. I wore the most ridiculous clothes. Oh, hell yes. Oh, I got ripped on so hard, though, constantly. And I, like, immediately scaled back. And I just feel like... 
creating a space where it's like, no, like beauty is not something separate from intelligence and humor. Like it's yes. like it can all exist together is yes. really empowering. Yes. It's just some people that have a problem with it. They have a problem with their damn selves. Yes. Yeah. They have a yes. problem with their damn <laughs> self. And that's something that you have to learn. I didn't learn that until my damn 30s. I was like, oh, you don't like me because you don't like you. Bing, 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 bing. Oh, and I can't do anything about that. So am I going to waste my precious calories worrying about why you don't like me? No, honey, I, I'm not. Yes. I need those calories. I need those calories. We need healthy fats for our brains. Yeah. You know, and for our menstrual cycles. We need healthy fats. We need cashews we need avocados we need these calories and i'm not wasting them on you oh yeah oh yeah snaps to that yes here they are <laughs> that's a, that's gonna be a, a new segment on the podcast snaps, snaps to, to that, to that. Oh, i love that <laughs> we're just adding segments right and left oh my gosh <laughs> we love a segment yeah we do truly. some structure do you have a favorite podcast okay like i don't want to make you burn bridges yeah. or you know if you don't feel comfortable saying but do you have like a person that was like your favorite podcast guest on natch butte i absolutely do not have a favorite there have been Listen, I have said this before. If any any seasonal show episodic program, there's going to be a couple stinkers. I'm not going <laughs> to name names, but it's just the way it is. It's a numbers game. I look back sometimes and I think about episodes that were low-key incredible. And I think about them all the time. And I'm like, you know what was so great? That episode. And it's random because I feel like every time I interview someone, I'm like, that was fire. That was so great. That was the best episode in months. But it happens every time. Yeah. So I don't have a favorite. There have been some incredible moments and there have been a few kind of shitter moments. But I'll say this. I recently realized it's my damn show. I can erase episodes if I want. <gasps> yes, you I can. literally oh, yeah. went. I literally went through my catalog and I go, oh, wait, this person and I aren't friends anymore. It's sad, but delete. I don't want that on my feed. Or I'm like, I overshared on this episode because we have to learn boundaries, you know. And I started therapy in 2019 and it really changed a lot for me. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to erase that episode where I talked about losing my virginity. I don't need that out there. I don't need that out in the world. You know, like my husband's in politics. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea to have that. Out like, so we can self edit and we can erase things and we can go back in time and really just it's our own choice. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. I feel like I also I edit our podcast and you're editing yours and you're talking about how much you love it. And I, one of the things I like about it is like if I look back at something I'm said and I'm like, oh, that was so unnecessary. Like, I'm just like, cut. Nobody has to know you. Said oh, anything. also. <laughs> Editing makes it funnier. Yes. The timing. If mm -hmm. you sometimes I think of a joke and I'm sitting here going, it's like, it's like, it's like if I, it's like if, if I, if I, and you cut all that and it just sounds like you're hilarious. It sounds like you just killed it. <laughs> so quick. Yes. We love an edit, honey. We love yes. an edit. Yes. One question I was curious about. So uh, like a big part of your podcast and your beauty, uh, your beauty tips, you promote vegan products and yes. you are vegan, right? Mm hmm. How long have you been vegan? Uh, almost 12 years, which is insane. Whoa. I'm very tired. <laughs> I'm very tired. I'm going to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> 
being vegan is tough. Like that's a tough life. It's lifestyle. so hard. No, it's really, really hard. Especially the older you get. I'm just like, why am I so tired? And I'm like, oh, I need protein. That's right. I need to eat some soybeans. I need to eat some edamame right now. Yeah. Is that is that like uh, like you know like okay bean time? <laughs> Yeah, I have a calendar set on my phone, bean time, and I have to go in the kitchen and eat chickpeas dead-eyed, cold out of a can, every day. Yo, when I was a vegetarian, though, I straight up used to eat chickpeas out of a can, like cold. Oh, yeah. Like, I would hella do that. And tofu, just cold tofu right out of the package. Yeah, yeah. I, I have chickpeas right now that I actually cooked. <laughs> um, I don't use canned. I make my own in this oh. slow crock pot. Okay. And I do eat them. I eat them all the time. And and edamame too is really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Your, your skin is flawless. So you know. Thank you. Whatever. I hope there's been some benefit to this. I really hope. I'm like, this better pay off in some way, because it's not easy. <laughs> well, I suppose it's it's paying off in you uh, reducing your carbon footprint. Yes, you, yes, yes. Uh, and you having the strength, or like the. The thing of knowing that inside of you, you are making choices that are cruelty free uh, mm-hmm. because you yourself are a kind person and a, like a loving person. and You give love and you give like you give joy. And I feel like that's just it's perfect that you you are. And, you know, I don't know. You're thank you're you. That's so that's such a lovely way to look at it. And I'll say this. If anyone out there is curious about veganism, I understand there's so many annoying vegans and vegans are annoying and militant and whatever. The Alicia Silverstone book, The Kind Diet, is the book that made me try going vegan. Oh. And it's an incredible resource. And the whole idea is is how to live a kinder life. And so that's beautiful. And that's a lovely way to look at it. And I love that. And I'm going to remember that. I love I love that, too. Yeah, I really love that. I feel like as we're like, you know, hurtling towards certain destruction um, on this rock in space, like Mm -hmm. being kind to each other becomes a lot like, yes, I, I feel like that is changing in the consciousness. Like it's no longer like people like hate punching down now or as before it was like you could get away with it. But now we're like, no, you can't get away with that. Like we have to be good to each other. And it right. Yeah. Just feels- well, I hope that's true. Because have you ever been in rush hour traffic in this city? People act like <laughs> fucking monsters. Yeah. It's, I remember I remember one time I was like, what happens if there's an apocalypse? We're all fucked because these people can't even be in traffic. Yeah. Without acting like monsters, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be rough. I hope everybody does their cardio because we're going <laughs> to all have to run. <laughs> so everybody start your cardio if you haven't yet. It's going to get ugly. Start yeah. your cardio now. <laughs> start practicing that vegan lifestyle now. Yes. Uh, these are five things. Yeah. All right, cool. These are five things. So, uh we're going to ask you five questions um and these are questions that we ask every one of our guests. So uh, answer truthfully. Yeah. yeah. So there, I'll try. No, no gotcha questions. No gotchas. <laughs> no gotchas. Um, so uh, first question is, uh, what's been your biggest influence? In comedy or life? Ooh. In comedy. Let's say uh, that's, comedy. That's such a hard question. I would say I love Lucy and Jim Carrey movies. The combo of the two is makes- exactly my personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. When you said Jim Carrey movies, I was like, oh, my God. Yes. Like you you are Jim Carrey. Like- well, in Living Color, 
I don't know if it was necessarily appropriate for me to be watching, but one of the benefits of having divorced parents is they don't pay attention to you. And oh, yeah. my sister and I watched so much shit we shouldn't have watched. And In Living yeah. Color, I don't know if it holds up, but that show made me laugh. And Jim Carrey specifically just so deeply resonated with me. I said, "That's I want to be him. And yeah. just his flailing and his big expressions and acting like a goof. But like really like low-key genius goof is such a mood yeah yeah yeah. yes it is I feel like you are like a hybrid it's like a Jim Carrey Lucille Ball hybrid right like yeah. combining like because she also brilliant physical comedian everything yes. in her face like oh my gosh and like but gorgeous like a gorgeous and woman she, and she pulled all the strings she was a boss mm-hmm. ass bitch businesswoman CEO girl boss like all yeah. of those things yeah. and in the show she played this kind of like oh I'm this aloof lady but she was the boss and she was running that whole operation hell yeah yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is a solid influence. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Best and worst moments in comedy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Best. I just, when you get funny people to laugh at you, it's so gratifying. Yes. Yeah. So I would say... There have been a few instances on Natchbute where I've had on people who I really find hilarious. And Eliza Schlesinger, you know, she's like this big stand-up. I made her laugh. <laughs> and my favorite thing to do is to sing. Every episode of Natchbute, I sing a goofy, like, parody song. So I would say Weird Al is probably the third member of my being. It's Jim <laughs> yeah. Carrey, Weird Al, and Lucille Ball. So I love having somebody in front of me and just acting like a fucking asshole in front of them. Another one off the top of my head is I sang the song, I can feel you breathe. It's like Faith, Faith Hill. Yes. It's like a 90s kind of song. I sang that in front of Matt Rogers and Joel Kim Booster, who I think Joel Kim Booster is like one of the funniest people alive right now. Mm-hmm. And I sang, I can feel you cream about creaming your neck. And I sang it with all sincerity, like passionately. And I listened back to their mic tracks of them laughing like a hundred times because I was like, this is getting me off. Like my <laughs> clit is my clit is swollen right now. Like it's just like making funny people laugh is my favorite aphrodisiac ever. Hell so yeah. that's a proud one. Oh God, there's so many. Nikki, you know, there have been many midnight shows at UCB where we just fucking do something stupid oh. and gets no reaction. Oh yeah. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I can't even name one. I'll just pick a random one. I did this weird New Year's in review show a while ago. I think it was 2018. It was the year that like a hundred celebrities died. And I came out as Tom Petty and uh, and I did like a song about all the celebrities that died that year. <laughs> just did not go well. Oh no. And I'll say this. I'll say this. I was actually going to bring this up. I consider my comedy extremely feminine. Every time I've tried to do masculine bits, they don't work. Mm-hmm. My other fail was when I tried to be James Franco. I hosted this fake, um, what was it? The fake... Uh, Tony's show and I was I was uh, James Franco this was pre-canceled obviously he's a monster this and is Nicole, this after he hosted the Oscars and it yeah like- it w- well he was in I think he was in of mice and men he oh. was on Broadway at the time 
and and Nicole Byer did uh, her Monique, and we were like the co-hosts, and it just everything I was saying was just bombing, bombing. It wasn't until Nicole asked me my favorite what character I played in of my Zemen, and I didn't know the answer. <laughs> but I died laughing. It's like, yeah, I did not do my research, but no. Every time I've tried to be a guy, it doesn't work. Nobody laughs. Oh man, I feel like I have the opposite. Problem. Yeah, <laughs> I was like. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's telling me something. Mickey plays oh. a fabulous dude. Oh, <laughs> oh it's so fun. It it's is so fun. fun. It's so fun. Oh, man. Okay, so that's that's your worst is, is trying to play men. Yeah, the, I would say the James Franco and the Tom Petty bomb were the yeah. two like <laughs> bombs I can really recall vividly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm remembering I'm remembering a great show that I laughed at hard it was in like it was I think it was for camp and at the clubhouse um and you and Catherine had done this like thing where it was like oh like Catherine was like super dressed up and it was this like oh you were doing like this Katy Perry song the alien song yes, yes 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 and you like and it was like Catherine starts and she's like super like like beautiful and sensual dancing this thing and then you come out in like a fucking morph suit and you're like yeah because you're like i i don't need to show my body and you're yeah like, yeah it's like oh it made me laugh so hard like that was you, like, one of those the magical nights at the clubhouse where you're fucking around and it just worked yeah and i Catherine and i still she does that time hop thing on her phone and every year she sends me those photos <laughs> And I was like, that was such a magical, fun night that we just really killed. And that idea was so fun. So I'm so happy you were there. That was so fun. That was good. Yeah. Oh, um, I get this next question. Uh, you already mentioned Catherine, but I'll just ask, like, hype up a friend. Is there somebody that you, like want to hype up that you want us to get on this podcast and interview. Um, you've already mentioned Catherine, so you can hype up another friend or multiple, however you okay. want. Oh, man. There's so many. I'm Choose so wisely. impressed every friggin' day by how funny and incredible and resilient women are. Catherine Burns, obviously huge. I would say, do y'all know Yamara Taylor? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. I. I literally am so in awe of Yamara and her talent and her career. Yamara is a producer and a writer and a single mom. And just her story is incredible. And she's so fucking funny and like incredible. (laughs) And her and her daughter's relationship, it like makes me want to have a kid because Yamara hypes up her daughter so much. On the first day of school, she had an outfit made that was a top and a bottom with her daughter's face all over it and, like, drove her to school. And I'm like, I'm like, does anyone love me this much? Like, this is amazing. Like, I was like, this is goals in every category, just killing it, career, killing it with their family, like, gorgeous. Talk about a gorgeous woman. She's just incredible and resilient. And we've both been through divorces. We've both married guys on the same improv team. Like, we've been through a lot. (laughs) You know, we all can relate. So, uh, she's incredible. I'll lift up Yamara. Everybody go check her out. Yeah. Holla at divorcing comedians. That's right, honey. That's right. We've all been through it. Uh, I won't even date a comedian. Yeah, good call. Good call. I try to not say that because I'm like, if everyone felt that way, nobody would go out with me. Date me. Exactly. So I try to not be a total hater. I just think, be careful. 
be careful out there. No, good advice. Yeah. Good yeah. advice. Improvisers are scammers. Like literally, they <laughs> they are. No, they're taught how to be scammers. They're like, go on stage and make everyone believe that you are a doctor. Make everybody believe that you are good at whatever you're saying. That's literally what the training is. And I'm like, just be careful if you date a very good improviser because they're going to be a fucking scammer. (laughs) And it's in their DNA. So that's all I'll say. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, All right. Um, what is something that you haven't yet had an opportunity to do in your career that you want to do? Oh my Uh, God. I want to do everything. Are you kidding? I want to, and that's my problem. I have so many ideas and I need somebody to hone me in. Mm -hmm. I really want to be a QVC host. (gasps) I really want to get to the point where I am sort of a, uh, you know, a Jessica Alba. I, I have my own company and I shell my products and I do demos. I think that would be so fun. That's something that I want to get to. I actually have a product, a, a collab with a new brand. Well, they're not a new brand, but it's a new collab that came out today as we're recording. Oh, so shit. I'm slowly on the steps of becoming a Jessica Alba beauty, B-Core funny woman that's like the goal so i definitely want to have my products so you walk in target and there's a big fucking display of my mug you know yeah like take a look at this damn face buy these spoons or whatever <laughs> i really want that and obviously my spoons would be sustainable and like great so that's gonna be my top goal is just living that jessica alba life honey hell yeah what's the what is what's the collab what's the product okay so Nikki, I I don't know if y'all know this. I say oil up your ass. It's like my new thing. My new mantra. It's been my mantra for a couple years now. Oil up your ass. Because I feel a lot of us women, we look in the mirror and we just start picking apart our bodies and no more of that. We are lucky to have our bodies. Our bodies work hard for us. So now what I do is I get my oil and I anoint myself and I rub my oil on my ass and I say, you know what, ass, you are stunning. Thank you for letting me sit on you. Thank you for being here for me. I anoint you with your oil. And so I always say oil up your ass. It's a power move. I have created three body products with a company called Source Vital Apothecary out of Houston. They're a small family-owned uh, artisanal brand. And we have the Body Care Trio, the Kooky Southern Ant Body Care Trio. We have the Kooky Southern Ass Oil, the Kooky Southern Scrub, and the Kooky Southern Deodorant. And I've been working on them all summer and they just came out. Everybody go oil up your ass. Everybody go scrub up your ass. I love the products. I smell delicious. And of course the oil is pink. My favorite color. Yes. Hell yeah. Ooh. And I did a, I, I've done one collab before. I did a collab on a, a face oil and it went really well. But now we're going below the neck and we're doing the body. So everybody anoint your ass, okay? And this oil can be used on your whole body, but we they this company let me put ass oil on the label and they are <laughs> they're amazing for that. And they didn't even bat an eye. They were like, "Okay, yeah, sure, ass oil, got it." <laughs> and this can we get like is it online? Is it in stores? It is all online and if you live in Houston, there is probably going to be some in person in their store, but I will give y'all the link. I have my computer open right now. The link is sourcevital.com slash natch. Source 
V-I-T-A-L. Sourcevital.com slash Natch. Get those products, honey. I'm so excited about them. And we all really, truly deserve to oil up our asses. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is something, if you're like me, you neglect. Oh, yeah. And it really makes you feel powerful. And it really is exercising gratitude for your body, which, again, I've, I've recently realized how important that is. So anoint your ass, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell right, yeah. Nikki, you better oil up that ass. I'm gonna, I, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take those little dimples that I got in there and I'm gonna put a little extra and make oh, a, pool, yeah. a pool of oil in my ass dimples. <laughs> yes. Kate, you too. I'm oh, looking yeah. at you. I'm looking you better at oil up. running down my butt crack. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Just like yes. right Get down. in there, honey. It's natural. Get in there. <laughs> also, it's pink. Uh, we share yes. a love of pink. Um, okay. Final question. What advice do you have for people who are either just starting out or in comedy? It's going to be really scary, but you just have to put yourself out there. I totally understand the like, what if nobody laughs at me? What if nobody likes me? What if nobody listens to my podcast? What if nobody clicks like on my video? You have to do it. Mm -hmm. And you can't take it personally if and when people don't instantly love you and the world thinks you're amazing. You have to have a very thick skin and you have to be extremely self-assured in this business or you will get eaten alive. (laughs) So just know that you're fucking hilarious. You have something to offer and you absolutely do and work your ass off. And don't forget to oil it. And <laughs> oil up that ass, honey, at the end of the day. You better believe it. Uh, well, that is. this was amazing. Um, Jackie, you are such an inspiring person. Uh, I'm totally going to go and buy your ass oil. And <laughs> oil up my ass, as should everybody else here. Is there anything Think else you'd like? Think of me. Li- Think yes. of me yes. when you do it. Is there anything else you'd like to promote? Listen, Natribute, every Thursday, we got a new app. You girls better come on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Y'all got to come on. I'll have my home studio set up soon. It's not going to be as cute as y'all's, but y'all are going to have to come on and oil up your ass with the Jackie Natchbute Kooky Southern Ant Collection. Yes. And, yeah, that's it. I think those are pretty good plugs. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. We've said hell, yeah, so, so many, many times. <laughs> hell, yeah. I hell, think it's yeah. like a natural response to the way you talk. It's yes. like, hell, yeah. Yes, yes. I feel I'm so pumping. Yeah. <laughs> I love to pump up people. That's my goal. Uh, yeah, this is a, you're just such a delight to talk to. This was like such a such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I'm so happy. Thanks again. And you know what, Nikki? Thanks for that email. Oh my gosh. Thanks for responding. <laughs> hey, that, better late than never, right? Right, right. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Also, that show is like done. I'm not even doing it anymore. So it's like perfect. This is much perfect. better. Yeah. Well, I've always, I've really been curious about Twitch. I, I'm, I always, I feel like an outsider because I don't play video games. And I'm like, if I yeah. do anything on Twitch, are people going to laugh me out of the chat? But I did Kate Raff's show and it was so fun. And oh, yeah. So I would. And, it, you know, if you start something else up, call me. I, I want to get on that Twitch. See what's oh, going fuck, on. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. That I am so glad she found your email. That was such a fun interview. I know. What a, like... What an exciting thing! Uh, our uh, our engineer and the uh, the he- head of uh, the period the, podcast the period network. podcast network, the uh, lovely Mackenzie Mazel. Yes, <laughs> um, she was with me when that happened, and I was like, oh, I feel like the coolest person right now that Jackie Johnson just emailed me. 
yeah i like <laughs> wanted to like yeah she was like hey go what are you doing get me on it yeah, yeah. i was like hell yes um yeah that was that was great uh jackie's so uh so lovely just like just like a like a pure and you know like a like a rainbow like a, a pink tinged rainbow of like happy shininess yeah. and confidence just yes. like utter confidence like she just exudes self-assurance and it is contagious yes yeah yeah I mean gosh I can't wait to find out how many times we said hell yeah I know I've never felt cooler <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like wow <laughs> I'm like I'm like picking up what you're throwing down it's making me feel good inside <laughs> yeah also I just love that phrase like oil up your ass like such a fun episode don't forget you guys um like we are still doing that raffle so yes. if you want that Madison Shepard comedy album live at Silver Lake Lounge you just need to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts yeah super easy you just pop on an Apple Podcast and you do that and then you're entered it's like it's a raffle without paying yeah I'm spending too much time explaining well, how a raffle is. You know works. what a raffle is. <laughs> you know what a raffle is. <laughs> We're going to buy you something. So enter yeah. that raffle. Enter it. It's the